0: This is Mark Kelly and I'm part of the leadership at City Church Leeds and I want to thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope that it blesses, encourages and inspires you. If you find these podcasts helpful, would you please consider standing with us and supporting us? For more information about this and other resources and media, please visit citychurchleeds.net. When each of us walked in this morning, those of us who already know the Lord, uh, the Spirit of God was upon you. It's true. He lives in you and uh, he loves your company. That's good news, isn't it? Um, But this morning, uh, there's been something else that's been going on the the Lord has presenced himself uh, upon us and with us corporately um, I don't know whether you sense that as well but I do and um, and I just I just want to be open to what God is wanting to do when when the Lord comes somehow kind of out of that ordinary rhythm of our life and experience He always comes with a purpose and uh, I just want us to be open to the purpose of God in him coming this morning He's still here still with us so father we want to um, we want to be open-hearted to you this morning we want to uh, welcome you we want to say Holy Spirit you are free yeah access all areas is all we can say Lord we just want you Lord to come and to, to do whatever it is that you want to do and um, father I thank you that there is no fear uh, in you coming no fear of that unwholesome kind no anxiety but Lord we just welcome you and uh, father we ask you This morning just to anoint your word help us father in our heart to engage with you to listen and to hear your voice so father we just say thank you please be at liberty to do what you want to do today thank you amen Uh, I've called this morning uh, a light has dawned and It's a phrase which is taken from, um, originally from Isaiah chapter 9. But as we were worshipping today, and um, it may have even been during the announcements, I don't know. (laughs) I just felt God speak into my own heart and say that a light is breaking on this nation. And it's, it's current So, I believe it's happening. I believe that God is doing something with his church that's causing the light to dawn. Do you know, this morning, um, Kate and I were just sitting in our kitchen at home, and uh, I don't know how it was for you. When we got up today, wasn't it such a beautiful day? The sky was blue, the air was still, and there was just that sort of light brightness in the autumn air you know and uh, at the back of our back of our um, property there are some uh, big trees they're not our trees they sit in in the grounds of somewhere else and so <clears throat> the Sun comes up behind those trees and um, there came a moment that we could actually see where all of a sudden the the whole area alongside the side of our property suddenly just burst into light as the Sun appeared above the trees and it was almost a, a kind of just a picture really of what I want to talk about this morning um, but it was a, it was from one moment this whole area was in just flat darkness and then suddenly just filled With light Um, yeah (laughs) I want to read a passage for you and this is I I want to just work through this this morning Um, it's in Matthew chapter 4 I'm going to start reading at verse 12 and we're going to go through to I think it's the end of the chapter so if you want to follow that with me, uh, I'm reading from the NIV, and it's a passage that we'll all be uh, familiar with, I hope. So should we get into this? All right, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, A light has dawned from that time on Jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen come and followed him Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases those suffering severe pain the demon-possessed those having seizures and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. I think there's a, um, you may have seen it, there's a a paraphrase translation that's um, come out recently called The Mirror, um, and it's been put together by a guy called Francis Francois Trois, I think it is, his name is. Um, and there's a little caption on the back of the book where it says, <clears throat> um, the incarnation, that is Jesus coming, is the most accurate and articulate translation. In other words, the word has become flesh and what I want to put out there this morning is that the incarnation didn't stop at Jesus but all that that this world needs to know all that God wants to communicate all that God wants to speak into the heart and life of people he has as it were Formed and dressed up in the shape of a human being. But that human being has now taken on corporate form. We are the incarnation for our time. Jesus came and he came preaching a message. The message of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is real, it has its origins in God, it displaces everything that you always thought, hence that need to repent, to change your mind. It can be experienced and it can be expressed in a personal way. It is good news there is no downside to this kingdom there's no sting in the tail it renews and it restores everything that it touches that is the message that we carry I'm excited already we've hardly started we haven't even got out of second gear that if you like is a summary of what I've just read from the scriptures that was what Jesus was actually modeling and demonstrating as he came amongst people and the first bit of what I want to touch on this morning it draws on what Isaiah originally said because in in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 it says this nevertheless well verses 1 and 2 nevertheless there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress in the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali but in the future now listen to this he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and then he says this the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles it says how Jesus came and he Uh, He came from Nazareth and he lived in Capernaum. He came and made his home in Capernaum. Interesting, isn't it? The Bible describes Galilee as the land of the Gentiles. We think of it as being part of um, Israel, part of Palestine at the time. We think about it as being, you know, kosher. Um, that Jesus was coming to people who already had the the scriptures uh, who already had the traditions who already had the history but Galilee was a mixture it was a land of the Gentiles it was a place where there were people who seriously they had no heritage in Israel they had no part in the promises of God they had nothing to expect In terms of who God was, Uh, I've always been curious about that particular passage, the story where Jesus comes, he crosses the the lake, do you remember, and comes to the land of the Gadarenes. It occurs a little bit later on in this passage. Um, And he meets, depending on which of the Gospels you read, it's either two guys or one guy, but demonized, however. And the demons plead with Jesus to send him into the pigs. Send them into the pigs. I've always been troubled by that because I thought to myself, what were these good Jewish boys doing herding pigs? Pigs were not clean. Jewish people would not have been doing that. These were Gentiles. Jesus came to a land of the Gentiles. These people who had no hope, they had none of the promises, they had none of the connection that their Jewish neighbours had across the way. But God says, in the future, I will honour Galilee of the Gentiles. Jesus came and he made his home amongst them now I find that astonishing he says to his disciples later on don't go to the Gentiles (laughs) there are some things that um, you know maybe at some later date I'll be able to ask him the question what were you talking about but here's the point God says I will honour them Uh, let's just unpack that a little bit when we when we honor somebody um, the first thing we do generally speaking is we associate ourselves with them don't we we don't hang around people that we don't honor in other words we're not bothered about their reputation affecting us if we are prepared to honor them we will get around them and we are not concerned about what the rub-off might be we are prepared to associate with them in honoring somebody uh, we're prepared to elevate them I loved actually just hearing you this morning Stu when you brought that word about destiny because What Jesus did in coming amongst people, what he did essentially was this. He was coming to them and he was saying to them, you may think you're only a fisherman. You may think that you're only a pig herder. You may think that you are only this or you're only that. But what I want to do is I want to lift you up. I want to call you into my mission. I want to call you into my destiny. I want to call you and equip you to walk with me so when we honor people we elevate them and we elevate them in our terms by calling them into something higher than ever they thought was possible when we honor somebody we empower them too many people, if I just think around this city, too many people think of themselves as being done to, think of themselves as somehow victims. You know, they'll talk about them over there or the council or, you know, and they, what they're voicing is a powerlessness, as if nothing about their lives can change. But when we honor people, what we actually do is we equip them We equip them with with resources. We give them stuff, enabling that helps them to lift up, lift up their eyes, lift up their circumstances. And this is what Jesus was doing. When he came into that land around Galilee, he was honoring the Gentiles. He was associating himself with them. He was elevating them. He He was empowering them. And we'll see that as we go through this story. But um, just think about that for a moment. When we come amongst people, when we're seeking to reach out with this gospel of the kingdom, let's honour them. Let's honour them. God uh, God is taking us into places he's taking us and he wants us to help us to relate in a way that he relates to them now for those people this is what the, the scripture says the people that jesus was coming amongst it says the people living in darkness have seen a great light On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Darkness. Whenever you turn the lights on, or whenever the sun comes up, darkness has to beat a retreat, doesn't it? It, The two things don't match, they they don't mix. Uh, The shadows flee. as soon as the brightness of daytime comes in everything takes on a whole new colour perspective we see it clearly <laughs> people who were living in the shadow of death a light has dawned now that was the prophet's view that was heaven's view Of Jesus a man coming and living in a place and you may have looked at that and said well that's an ordinary kind of thing you know a man turns up he makes his home and he comes and lives but the prophets view the heavens viewpoint was a light has dawned I want us to catch hold of this that where we are the lights have gone on and you haven't even done anything yet but the light has turned up the prospect for those people around you who are living in the shadow of death the, the lights are about to go on now each one of us is called to be an ambassador of heaven each one of us has been graced by God with the person of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us is has been built to carry the presence of God wherever we go. Isn't that true? It's true, isn't it, Rizon? <laughs> it's what we were made for, so wherever we go, God comes too. what is true for us individually I believe is happening corporately across this nation I believe that the 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 weight of the presence of God increasingly is coming on the church and that there is an enabling which is coming to the church which is lighting up the darkness of this nation I believe that God is wanting through his manifest presence to touch the lives of people in the way that they never ever thought was going to be possible. Some of that, I think you alluded to it Stuart when you were bringing that word, some of that will be in the small things. Some of it will be in the more dramatic, but both are Kingdom. I'll tell you a little story about um, now. This is this is food bank related. I'll I'll say a little bit more about food bank later, but more next week. But it's a little story about um, an elderly gentleman who uh, his doctor, his GP, noticed that he was getting thinner. And so he, he referred this elderly gentleman to the local food bank. And as a result of that conversation, he was, he was actually given some food. And, but the crucial thing was that there was a Christian there who was able to talk with him and to find out more about what was going on in his life. And this dear gentleman had not long lost his wife, he was finding it difficult to cope, and really, his life was on a bit of a slide. But because of the um, the love that was being expressed to him, he was able to break out of this cycle that he'd got into. Where not only was he given food, but he was actually hooked up with a local. Um, elderly care project he he was he started to attend their day center he was also connected with their befriending scheme so the life of this elderly gentleman changed because he came into contact with somebody who was prepared to express the love of God to him and it came to him very very practically there are more stories like that but That enterprise that whole thing was not just done by one person it wasn't just done by one church it wasn't just done by yeah this was an expression of the church and more and more we're seeing those kind of things Um, the event that Mark mentioned Tony Campolo tonight um, really is going to be looking at and you know, exploring that whole kind of thing a bit more. And here's a bit of a plug. Um, I shall be doing a five-minute interview at that event um, about food bank here in Leeds. So if that's an added incentive to come along this evening, well, yes, you, you have the opportunity. But really it's this, that a light has dawned. When we show up, the lights come on. as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew and I won't read the rest of it but um, we're we're entering a season um, which I trust and hope will not see an end where we're going to go fishing Um, and what I love about this story this bit of the story Jesus, who has come to this neighbourhood, he's turned up, He started to um, announce change. He then starts to include others with him. And he says to these guys, come, you come with me, and I'll, I'll show you how to fish. And all I want to say is quite simply this, that Jesus' method... Hasn't changed. If, if at all, you feel intimidated, as I do, if you feel slightly stressed out about the idea of going around and just talking to people who you've ne- not met before, or you know, or perhaps even worse, talking to people who you do know um, <laughs> about your faith. Um, Jesus is very very reassuring he says "Um, you come with me and we'll go fishing he doesn't give us a training program he doesn't give us a manual he says no you come with me and we'll go fishing simple isn't it I feel a lot more at home with that in fact I have to say that in my own imagination Um, the idea of following Jesus into a situation, kind of watching what he's doing, hearing what he's saying, seeing the things he's doing, I find that somehow just a lot easier, a lot less pressure than him saying, right, you go. (laughs) Now I know the command is there, go, but he says, I'll come with you. You come with me with me, and we'll go fishing. I love it. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralysed, and he healed them. And large crowds, it seemed, followed him. Do you know, when I read that, Well, I've, I've been in this of the the scriptures for a few weeks and it's just been just popping um popping for me and it's been been great but one of the things that i've i've thought to myself is jesus he he's he's come out of that period in his life you know do you remember when he he was baptized the Spirit leads him out into the wilderness. He's fasting for 40 days. He's tempted by the devil. And then we learn he comes back in the power of the Spirit. And I look at what happens. He, he comes, first of all, he decides, well, I'm, first I'm, I'm going to go to Nazareth. And he, he makes this incredible statement. He appropriates. You know, this passage in Isaiah to himself, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, you know, because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You know, and he announces this today, this is being fulfilled in your hearing. You think, just a minute, the chutzpah of the man, what, what on earth, you know? Um, and then he goes from Nazareth, and he says, oh, I'm going to live in Capernaum. And then he goes around hoovering up a few fishermen and various other bods and saying, come on, you come with me, we've got a job to do. And he goes around the whole neighborhood and um, what was going on in his mind? He said, he's, you know, he's coming up against um, sick people, blind people, deaf people, demon-possessed people and he's going, I can do something here. Bang! Uh, what was going on? He, he where, were, where was where was the template for that? Had you know, had he been watching some you know obscure TV channel? No, he, uh, there was something that was energizing him that actually made him believe that this was possible. Isn't that true? I mean, he. He had to be convinced that what he was doing, what he was embarking upon was not the craziest thing in the world. Now, we can get really kind of spiritual about it and say, well, you know, he'd he'd been baptised in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit had come upon him and, you know, yeah, and? (laughs) Something had to connect, didn't it, between that experience in his life and then what he started to do. something in himself had to engage and say actually yeah this is possible be healed Um, there's something I want to I'm just going to mention it now because um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more next week um, but in that same passage in Isaiah, uh, it says this. It says that the. Um, do you remember? It says, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government of the kingdom of heaven is on the shoulders of a son. The government of heaven is family. There was a place that Jesus was coming from which was entirely to do with his relationship with his heavenly father. And that was the place from which he was coming. Now, I'm just going to leave that hanging there because it has such incredible implications for us and I don't want to talk about it now, it would be too much. Um, if you read on through uh, the next few chapters of Matthew, his constant reference, Jesus' constant reference, is to your Father in heaven, your Father in heaven, your Father in heaven. It's just time and time and time again. And it is a revelation which is fresh. It's a revelation which is new, in the time in which he spoke. And it's—I believe—it is a revelation which is fresh, which God wants to reintroduce us to now. But I'm not going to say any more about that. I'll leave that till next week. Um, but what I do want to talk about is that Jesus came, and he came proclaiming the good news. Of the kingdom this environment of the kingdom of heaven is what Jesus lived in and what he was doing as he came on the scene he was introducing the people that he met he was introducing them to his world he was introducing them to his world So in in his world, darkness and death are not the norm. In his world, sickness and disease are a violation. They are a travesty of what God intended. In his world, oppression and fear are illegitimate. And this is my point, that his world was more real than what he was coming up against. And for us to be effective, he wants his world to become more real to us than the world that we face Day to day. Now, you know, we are conditioned by the world that we live in. Whether it is in our immediate circumstances, you know, I was talking about people who who speak as if there's nothing they can do, as if there's nothing they can change. People who come with a victim mentality, who say, this is how it is and I am stuck with it. That is their world, and that is what's been framing them since they were born, quite probably. But Jesus comes on the scene, and his reality, his world, is more real than that one. The world of injustice, the world of oppression, the world of clamor and violence that we see and that we read about that we we meet on our streets that we see on our TV screens his world is more real than that one and as pressing as they are he says my world is coming to take over that one and I am enlisting you to see my world and to be able to announce my world is coming and this one cannot resist it now that takes it takes a leap believe me because it means reprogramming it means rethinking so much of what we've just taken on board we've just absorbed it from the culture the world in which we live and yet Jesus says my world Is more real than that one that you've been living in. So he says, repent, change your mind, change the way you think, because the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now, and you're living in it. Uh, I love the story, I love that bit where. You know, the guy comes down through the roof. Um, His friends let him down on a pallet and, you know, the guy's paralyzed and sick. And the first thing Jesus says to him is, your sins are forgiven. And everybody goes, oh, just a minute. Hang on, that's blasphemy, nobody can do that. And then he says, just so you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Get up. I love it. He's saying to them, the Son of Man is on the earth. And today, folks, the Son of Man corporately is on the earth. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. And if we will only start to see things as he sees them, to see that those things are wrong, illegitimate, out of order, then we start to take an authority because he says the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins and just so you know, get up. Now we're going to be going to places you know we'll be out in the street um, refreshing people we'll be doing stuff in uh, in alpha and all that kind of thing but i don't really really i don't want us to restrict it to to events i want us i want for this to become our way of life i want for this to be for the kingdom of heaven to be so real That when we see stuff which is out of line and out of order, we say, hang on a minute, that does not belong. That does not fit. I'm coming. I was talking to um, a friend this week. Um, He's a minister who only came to the country, uh, not to the country, yeah, about 18 months ago came to work here in Leeds he's in South Leeds Um, I think it was June 2012 when uh, he first took up uh, leading this particular congregation that congregation was around about 60 people at the time it's now 120 Um, I said to him what did you do? He said, "I just went and preached the kingdom." Um, there's a whole traveller community in South Leeds, a permanent site, but it's a traveller community, Irish travellers, um, loads of them, born again, and and becoming part of that. Church. Comple- culturally, completely different from most of the people that you know are part of that congregation. Um, fascinating stuff but um, i was with him this week we were just chatting it we just uh, had a lunch time together and um, he was telling me about how he'd been talking to a group of young people and he'd handed them all out uh spectacles um have any of you ever been to a 3d movie yeah anybody else anybody been to a 3d movie yeah great and you get given these specs, don't you? One's, one lens is red, one lens is green and you put these things on and you're looking at the, you know, life around you and it's really, really bizarre. Things are not in focus and um, then you look at the screen but, and all of a sudden things start coming off the screen at you because you've got these glasses on. And he, his simple point was what, are you, what glasses are you wearing? Thank you, (laughs) Elsie. And in a way, it's it's a poor kind of image because he's saying, I just want you to change the way completely you see stuff. But we've been wearing these funny lenses, haven't we? That have been looking at the world and causing it to distort and causing it to do all kinds of things that don't quite fit. But he says, I want you to see the world in a new way. I want you to see my world coming. I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop there um, I'm gonna have a chance to carry on next week and I just want to give you a little bit of a trail uh, about next week uh, I want to be able to do two things um, we have set ourselves the prospect of of reaching beyond ourselves of reaching a wider community of people Uh, we 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 just need the resources to do that and so in two weeks time we will be bringing a heap offering and um, so next week I want us to just zero in on what it means to be a people who live from and give from a relationship with our father in heaven Uh, I'm not preaching up an offering I just simply want us to see how our givenness of life comes out of our relationship with our Heavenly Father Um, so in two weeks time we'll be bringing an offering but next week that's what I want to be talking about the other thing I want to just share briefly because again in two weeks time what we want to do is to bring food items that we can contribute to the local food bank Um, these food items will be used for people who are in some kind of food crisis, like that elderly gentleman I was just telling you about. Um, I'll probably tell you some more stories then. But um, what we will be doing in two weeks' time is bringing food and we'll bring money. Um, It's because we want to be able to express... The arrival of this kingdom that we're talking about. Um, We'll have some information about the kind of food items to bring. It will be non perishable stuff um, so that it can be collected and stored. So that's what um, next week I want us to focus on. God has called us to be like himself he's called us to be a people who are effectively giving away what we've got freely you've received freely give Um, and the emphasis this morning has been on what we've been giving or what we are in a place to be able to give away and how we're able to do that Um, but I just do want to take a moment I want to say if I'm looking around. I'm not sure. I'm seeing anybody here who's not born again, but it may be. It may be that you're saying in yourself, Do "You know what? I have been so off the pace for so long. I just really want to come back. I want to get back on song with God. I want us to pray." Um, I also want to say that this kingdom is for us. That these things that we you know this world that Jesus lives in he says I want you to live in this world I want it to be your reality so that the things which have been a a pressure to you um, and you know you know what those things are but I want I want us to experience this kingdom in such a way that we're able to say hey look you know this really works um i don 't want us to pretend that the um, this message about the kingdom lets us off the hook it doesn't It, it doesn't let us off you know like I know christine you 've been sick this week, haven't you? Um, you know, we do face that kind of stuff. we do come under financial pressure we do come under hardship we do come under you know things like um Uh, job loss uh, and all that sort of stuff we are not immune but there is resource in the kingdom which enables us first of all to prevail under those circumstances Jesus calls us more than conquerors and also to see the life of God coming through in our lives so that we are not bound by those things but we're able to come through them By the way, I I do believe in healing. I do believe in provision. I do believe in health. Um, I do believe in all of those things. I'm just saying we live in a world where we're not immune from that stuff. God is good, isn't he? Hey, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I hope you are too. I think I'm really looking forward to this next season that we're in.